0: The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. And so today we're really looking at the gospel and our relationship to government and how we relate to... uh, government authorities. Um, And this is an important issue uh, because as Paul has been writing and explaining things, he said some things that could be easily misunderstood. Uh, For example, he said uh, in Romans 6 and Romans 7, we are no longer under the law but under grace. We're no longer under the law. We've been set free. We're not in bondage to the law anymore. So somebody reading that could... Uh, could apply that to social law. Go, yay, hey, I don't have to follow the law anymore. The Bible says I'm free. And Paul's going, whoa, 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 they're, they're, let's put, keep it in perspective. We're not under the law of Moses, but we are uh, in, in a relationship to the laws of the land where we live. Um, he says we're not to be conformed to this world or its systems, but are to be transformed the renewing of our minds. And some could say, well, I'm not supposed to be conformed to this world and its laws, right? I'm just being transformed, so I don't have to follow the law. And so Paul's trying to bring some balance into what he said to make sure he's not misunderstood. And it's true that we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. We are no longer, in a sense, part of this world. We live in a spiritual realm. But Paul wants to make sure everybody's clear about the fact that that doesn't mean we can ignore uh, earthly government institutions and authorities. And so he, um, he challenges us with that, that we, uh, we are not in a place where we can ignore the laws of the land. So let's read uh, chapter 13, 1 through 7, where he says in quite clear language what he means. He says, "...everyone must submit to governing authorities." For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. <clears throat> let's let's pray as we begin. Father, we uh, thank you for your word and its clear teaching and instruction. Father, we thank you for uh, the grace for the work of Christ that has given us new life. Lord, help us to see clearly how we are to live out this new life in an old world that's broken and under sin, where we are to be a light and a witness for you. And Lord, as we consider these thoughts about our relationship to government, we ask that you would teach us that your spirit would clearly speak to our hearts, that it would be far more than just my words. It would be your word by your spirit. Uh, touching our hearts and we pray this in jesus name amen (coughs) okay so paul makes it pretty simple we are supposed to follow earthly law earthly human institutions rules and authorities if i could capture the big idea of my message in one sentence it would be this god covers all our sins but he does not pay our speeding tickets okay that kind of sums it up so let's look at how this works um, first of all he says you are to submit to authority he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to argue this he just says it plain out straight plain and simple submit to human uh, institutions and laws and authorities and he says basically everyone lives under uh, under the umbrella of law of human law And everybody must submit to those governing authorities. Uh, He uses the word submit here and not the word obey, which some scholars think is important. Uh, To submit is to really live under something. It's to subject or put yourself under somebody else's authority and control. It's acknowledging someone else has the right to rule and the right to, in essence, tell you how to live certain parts of your life. And to submit is to come under that, to willingly put yourself under that authority or rule or governance, um, following what they have put in place. And specifically, he says we're to live in submission to uh, authorities. And the word is a little broad, and it can really mean two things. First of all, it means the person who is ruling. So we live under the authority, under the submission to the king, the prime minister, And it really covers every person from the king down to the clerk, right? Not just the top rulers, but anybody who's been given a position of authority in government uh, has some right to rule over us, has some right to tell us what to do. And we're to submit to them from the top to the bottom. Uh, But it also means that we are to submit to the laws that they have enacted. So we not only submit to them as persons, but we follow... What they have told us we need to do. We, we submit to uh, their rules, their laws. Now some people would say at this point, they would say, well, uh, that's all well and good, but what if, you know, what if it's an evil empire, right? What if it's a corrupt government? And it's interesting when you read commentaries about this passage, a lot of people spend far more time talking about how we shouldn't obey and follow and live under the the authorities, than they do talking about what we should. Um, and it's very interesting, Paul here, and, and you've got to understand where Paul's coming from. Okay, Paul was a guy who had spent a lot of time in jail. Right, He was a guy who had been beaten up, who had been whipped and flogged, who had been arrested. He, he was a guy who spent a lot of time kind of on the wrong side of the law. Right, And, uh, of course, he wasn't on the wrong side of the law because he was stealing or because he was doing... Um, you know, breaking those kinds of laws. He was always in trouble because he was preaching the gospel. Uh, and people would say, you know, if a government won't allow you to preach the gospel, if they don't give you freedom and your religious liberties and rights, then, you know, you can go against that. And certainly, Paul would model that. Uh, Paul uh, did not always obey every law. And there are instances when uh, the government will tell you to do something or demand something of you that clearly violates God's rule, God's laws. And of course, you don't obey those. But it's interesting, Paul, here's a guy who is often on the wrong side of the law, still saying, you know, overall, I submit to Roman law and authority. Okay? Uh on this one area, when it comes to preaching the gospel, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to obey God and not man. But in all other areas, I am going to submit fully to the laws of the land. Uh, and Paul understood how corrupt government was. You know, and When Paul writes this, he's not saying that um, the Roman government was the pinnacle of morality and righteousness. right? He's clearly understanding the corruption that was going on within the Roman government. He said, be that as it may, we have a duty and a responsibility to follow the laws of the land. We are to submit uh, to, as a whole and in general, the, the rules and laws of the land. And, and Paul's clear that the government's failure at one point, for example, if they're persecuting Christians... Right? Doesn't mean we have permission to ignore the law the law or government on all accounts. Right? He says, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, you must submit to the laws of the land, to the government. Um, so what is the basis of this submission? And this is important. Uh, is Paul saying this just because it's convenient for us? Or because it's a practical thing, you know, that you know your life will just go a lot better, you'll pay a lot less speeding tickets if you just drive the speed limit. Okay, well, that's true, right? And we want to be good stewards with our money, so we don't want to be giving, you know, unnecessarily funds to the government. It's one thing to give them what they, you know, demand. Uh, We don't need to give them extra. So that would be one reason. Uh, But that's actually not why Paul says we ought to submit to government authorities. Notice what he he says. He says that basically we need to submit to Government authorities, because they are servants of God, right? He says, uh, he says this: every everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Right? Uh, we submit to government authorities because they have been appointed to that place by God Himself. Uh, when we refuse to follow the law, we're not just rebelling at a human level against human beings. Paul says we are ultimately rebelling against God himself. Because it's God who has appointed uh, leaders to those positions. He's the one who has instituted and set up human government. And at every level, God is the one who has put those people there as his servants. Um And that's true regardless of how they got into power, right? And a lot of times we think this way. We think, well, you know, God appointed leaders. If I approve of how they got there, right? So if you're from a democratic country like I am, where you actually get to vote, um, you can't say, well, my country is godless and stupid, and they they elected the wrong guy, right? (laughs) So I don't have to submit to it because I didn't vote for him and, uh, and my country's just stupid right So I don't have to submit to it because I don't approve of the, their choice. Right. Paul says no that's not true right. And Paul lives in a time and an age where people didn't vote. right If you wanted to be an emperor of Rome it usually involved murder. Right. You got there by killing somebody right or lots of somebody's. Paul doesn't say, you know, if the rulers got there because they killed off the old rulers, then you don't have to follow them. He says, no. He says, they are appointed by God. Right? Now, it doesn't mean God approves how they got there, but once they're in power, once they are fulfilling that role, they are God's servants. Right? It's interesting. I read recently a uh, fascinating biography of Genghis Khan. right? And there's nobody more ruthless or horrible when it came to just conquering and killing and Pillaging And, you know, he got into power by killing everybody, right? And not just the kings, but everybody, right? And it's interesting as, as Genghis Khan is going through China and through, you know, most of Asia, conquering, right? It kind of dawns on him one day that he has a responsibility as a leader to govern these people that he's conquered, right? It's like, oh. And he didn't really like that part of it, right? He, he liked the killing thing and the, you know, pillaging and plundering but then he was aware of the fact that it came with a responsibility to govern them and for him it meant taking care of them right it, it meant taking responsibility to protect and oversee those who he had conquered okay? now if that can come from a guy like Genghis Khan right then we should be aware of the fact that leaders have been put there by God right regardless of how they got into power um, and, and Scripture says, he says in several places, three places, he calls them the servants of God. Verse 4, he says, the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. And for a b he says, they are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. Verse 6, uh, in the ESV, says, because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God. Right? Two words used there. The first one is the word that we get the word "servant," uh, deacon. We get the word deacon from means to serve. It's a table waiter, and and Paul used this term a lot to speak of people in Christian ministry. So he said, "You are you are in ministry. You are serving God in your ministry." Well, here Paul uses that same word for government officials. He says they're in a role serving God by what they do. Another word he uses is the word we get the word liturgy from. And it was a use, the word used in the in the Greek version of the Old Testament to talk about temple service, right? The people serving in the temple. Uh, it, it would also was commonly used for those um, involved in in government roles, uh, government jobs. But I think Paul Paul's touching on something here, and he's saying that their service, their appointment, is a sacred ministry by God. Right? So. You know, the police officer that pulls you over because you're going too fast, you know, he is ministering. He's doing it for your good, and he's doing it to punish those who are evil, right? As God's servant, as God, it's his ministry, right? right? He may not be a believer, but it's his ministry to you, right? Uh, he is sent for your good, Uh God has established these people, put them in power to bring order to society. It's for your good and your protection. Right? Every government, and this is astonishing really, every government around the world, no matter how messed up the government it is. And by messed up I mean it's the least like the government I would choose. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, it could be a dictatorship, it can be communist, it could be whatever. The amazing thing is in every country, no matter how messed up the government is, it brings order to the country. Right? It brings order. Uh, If you look at countries where they're in the midst of civil war and nobody's sure who's in charge and there's no clear government in place, what results? Chaos, right? Chaos. Total chaos. So God says He's put them there for our protection, for our good. And they are servants punishing those who do wrong. Uh, simple example. In Thailand, it is the law when you're riding a motorbike to wear a helmet. Right? Now, why does the government have that law? Because they like the look of people riding a motor's you know, a helmet better, because it just looks cool, right? Or because it protects you. Well, B <laughs> it protects you, right? They the police officers really get tired of scraping up people off the highway who weren't wearing their helmet, right? So they have a law. And the police guy who stops you and makes you, you know, gives you a fine because you're not wearing the helmet, he's a minister for your good, and it is his job, his service, to punish you when you're not wearing it, right? So wear your helmet. It's the law. Okay, it's the law. Um, so that's the... Um, you know, Romans 12:19 says this we looked at this last week it says beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written Venge- vengeance is mine I will repay That's uh, interesting um, verse verse 6 actually says literally for he does not bear that is the the government official the police officer does not bear the sword in vain okay? he does not wear the gun in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Right. So you know we don't take we don't take vengeance. We don't take the law into our own hands. We don't execute justice ourselves. But that's the law, or that's the role of those leading, those enforcing government rules. Right. They are enforcing. Uh, the laws of God, and it's their right to, uh, to carry out, to execute God's wrath, okay? God's vengeance. Right? So you know, next time you get a speeding ticket, you are experiencing some of the wrath of God because God's grace covers all our sins. It does not pay our speeding tickets. Right? Um, and finally, uh, just to make it clear, super clear, He says, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Um, When we do not respect the laws of the land, it's rebellion. Okay, ultimately. And it's not just rebellion against man, it's ultimately rebellion against God Himself. Because God has put those things in place. And we ignore it when we disregard it when we disrespect it. We are rebelling against God Himself. Right? It's against Him that we do those things. Um, Romans twelve two says, you know, we're to, or 12, one says we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, and we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And through that, we will be able to approve or to test to know what God's will is—that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Um, Well, that means uh, we follow the laws of the land. Submitting and laying our life before God means we're willing to submit our lives to um, be obedient, to follow, to be in submission to human authority. Uh, So what does that look like? Well, he expands on it a little and he says, Basically, it means we are to do good. We are to be those who do good. Verse 3 says this, For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without the fear of authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. Uh, simple thing. No one needs to be afraid because you've been overly diligent in abiding by the law. right? Uh, and I know how this works from personal experience. I'm not great at this. Okay? I'm not saying all this because I do this well. All right? I need to work on it um, you know people people who drive the speed limit all the time don't need to f- worry about getting speeding tickets right uh, i I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've been driving my car with the car registration about you know six months out, uh, overdue right and every time you come around a corner and you see the the police checkpoint what happens mm, fear right fear ah. <laughs> Start scrambling for an alternate route, right? How can I escape? Where's the escape route, right? Well, that's not how God. That's not how God wants us to live, right? If we're legal, if we got things taken care of, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. Um, now, the, here's what this does not mean. Okay, okay, we're to do good. We're, we're to. There's no fear in doing good. But it doesn't mean this. Okay, listen carefully. It does not mean doing good to the same degree and manner that the locals do. It doesn't mean following the law like Thai people follow the law. And uh, I'm I'm amazed at how many people kind of live this way. It's like, well, I follow the law just like Thai people do. Who don't follow the law, by the way? I remember my first year here, and I was riding in a car with somebody, I didn't know what was going on, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm lost half the time, and I'm riding with a missionary who had been here for a number of years. And we get to the intersection near the Navarat Bridge and the, the river road there, you know. And a big long line of cars backed up at the stoplight. So he goes around this huge long line of cars into the turning lane all the way to the very front and just hits it as the light turns green and zooms right in front of all those cars. And he goes, That's how you do it in Thailand. I was like, wow. And I go, You mean that's okay here? She says, Sure it's okay. Thai people do it all the time. Right? Well, it's not okay here. It's illegal, right? Uh, don't follow and drive the way Thai people drive. Just because they do it doesn't mean it's legal, right? There are laws. And we're expected to follow the laws the way they were written, not the way they get lived out here, right? It doesn't mean that we follow the law uh, uh, to the degree that we'll be caught, right? Like, you know, I'll keep the laws. I'll keep the laws that they enforce. The truth is, in Thailand, there's a lot of laws they don't enforce. Chances are, you can drive just about everywhere in Thailand and speed and never get caught. I can prove it, right? Well, actually, I have got caught. Uh, <laughs> so he can't drive everywhere, right? Um, does that make it right, that just because they don't enforce the law, that it's okay? No, right? We are not doing good, right? We are doing wrong, right? Just because we don't get caught doesn't make it less wrong, right? He says, live in submission to the authorities. It does not mean, all right? And you know, please forgive me. This is you, and and, and I'll be honest. My my disclaimer here: Okay, I'm not. I don't have anybody in particular in mind. I haven't been following you around. Okay, I have no spies out there watching you. So, if this is you, please know I'm I'm not picking on you personally. I don't know what's you, right? But uh, just in general, I'm talking just in general here. Okay, Um, it does not mean well, my Thai Christian lawyer said it was okay to do it this way. Right? That doesn't mean it's legal. Okay? Thai Christian lawyer means he's a guy that finds ways to go around the law. Right? That's why you pay him money. Right? Usually that's how it works here. Right? I'm not saying that's necessarily true of all. Right? But a true life story. Right? I've had people tell me this. You know, I I complain about going to immigration and how long the lines are and have to wait forever. And they tell me, oh, well, my lawyer, I don't have to do that because I get VIP service. I'm going, VIP service? Really? What is VIP service? Well, I don't wait in line. In fact, I don't even go, right? My lawyer just does it all, and he's got this special room in the back, right? And uh, it just gets done, and I just have to show up, and I just go to that little back special room, right? Well, how do you get the VIP service? Well, you pay money, right? Uh, But it's not a bribe. It's a thank you gift in advance. (laughs) I've had had people tell me this, right? uh, Now think about this. Just just think about this. You're in your home passport country, right? And you're at the Division of Motor Vehicle trying to get your driver's license. And there's 50 people in line in front of you. And you're thinking, this is going to take me hours. This is going to take me all day. I don't have all day, right? So you go up to the counter, and you say to the person at the counter, you say, hey, look, you know, there's 50 people ahead. I can't wait that long. I have a $100 bill here. Think of it as a thank you gift in advance. If you can expedite my case, right? Is that okay? No, it's a bribe, okay? It's a bribe. You can call it whatever you want. It's a bribe. In fact, in the United States... Just to show you how this works, in the United States who has very strict laws, I found out the hard way that if you go to a government office, we found this out at immigration trying to get Emma's uh, citizenship, go and we have to pay this fee of $600 there to get her citizenship. So we go and I dutifully get out $600, you know, six fresh $100 bills so I can pay this fee. And I go to pay it and I hand it to the guy and he goes, oh, we don't take cash. You're the U.S. government. You don't take U.S. money? No, they don't take U.S. money, right? We have to go to a bank and get a special certified something or other check, you know, because they don't take cash. Well, why don't they take cash, right? For this very reason because they, they don't want the thank you gift in advance, right? Because it's illegal, right? Um, Paul says. We must submit to the rules, right? We must live by the rules, right? Uh, but not only that, he says we're to do this, we're to do good, we're to do what's right. But there's a reason why we're supposed to do what's right. We're supposed to do what's right, uh, and he says, "Do what is right." Verse three, and they will honor you, right? Do what's right, and they will honor you. They notice, right, how we live. Thai government Thai police, Thai officials, Thai immigration. Right? They notice, and here's the deal: if you're, especially if you're here and you're white, they notice you even more because you kind of stand out here, right? You you don't blend in. They notice, right? And we are to live in a way that is honorable, honorable before them, right? So that they will honor us, so that they will see our life as an example. Of people who respect them, respect the laws of the land, and follow them. Right? Um, you know, while I'm on a roll here. Okay, again, I don't know any of you personally. I'm, I'm not thinking of anybody. But here's here's another one. You know, um, they do notice when we don't do what's right. Um, the the Thai government is like Santa Claus. They are keeping a list, and they check it twice. Right. Um, and uh, I was in, recently in a government office at uh, Social Welfare at Salak and and uh, on the table was this rather thick booklet pamphlet, and in that booklet was every single foundation registered in Thailand, right? And uh, the, the government official showed this to me, and they said, see this list right here? This is every foundation in Thailand. And what it tells us is the foundations that are following the law and the ones that aren't. Right? And they know, foundation by foundation by foundation, which ones are legal and which ones are not legal. Here's the, the ironic thing is, you may not know that you're blacklisted. Right? Your foundation can be on a blacklist and you may not even know it. But they know. right? And I said, well, how do, how do, um, how do they get on that blacklist? Well, it, one, one way they said often, one of the most common ways, is that the people who work at that foundation aren't doing what they actually say they're doing. Right? And uh, I know a lot of cases like this. And here's how the, the the logic of it goes, right? People say, "I'm here serving God, I'm building God's kingdom, I'm doing ministry, I'm doing important stuff," you know. And but the important stuff I'm doing is not actually approved by the Thai government, right? So I put down something else, but it doesn't matter because I'm serving God and I'm building God's kingdom. Right? Well, the, the government's aware of that, right? And it's not. Winning honor, right? It's getting you on a blacklist. It's getting you disapproved by the government, right? Um, We're lying. And and the sad thing is, uh, these government officials have identified that Christian foundations are the ones who lie about what they're doing, right? Not much witness or testimony in that, right? We're the ones who can't tell the truth, right? Because we say we're doing one thing and doing another. I know a guy. Uh, and he didn't know this, and, and this is, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to know, right? We may be doing this unwittingly, but I know a guy who, uh, his work permit said he was working in a children's home in some village up in the mountains, right? It was all in Thai, and he didn't know that. Uh, he'd never been there, never been there, right? Much less, didn't even know the name of the place, didn't even know that's what it said he was doing, right? But his Thai lawyer got him his work permit, right? Right? Uh, We've got to be careful about these things, right? We are not winning honor among the Thai government when we live this way, right? We are bringing on ourselves dishonor. Uh, We are are killing our witness. Um, One one last example. Um, You know, we're to follow the laws. We're to follow all of its regulations and procedures. We're to know them, right? Uh, does anybody have a guess how many children's homes there are in Chiang Mai province alone? I don't know, actually. I would say probably somewhere between one and two Right? hundred. They're everywhere, everywhere. I probably know of at least 50, uh, just in my small circle. There's lots, lots, right? Well, uh, any children's home in Thailand, by law, needs to be licensed and registered. Okay. Guess how many are registered in Chiang Mai province? 23, 23, right? 23, right? And, and, and the crazy thing all this is, is most of the ones, most children's homes are run by who? Christians. Christians, right? I'm actually uh, involved with a government project working with uh, social welfare, um, helping fix this problem. And they're begging us. They're saying, go find these homes and turn them into us. <laughs> So we're suggesting other ways to help bring them into compliance, but because um, they're saying, you know, we just want to put these people in jail. We want an end to this, right? Uh, we are not, we are not bringing honor when we do this kind of stuff. Right? Paul says, submit to human authorities. If you don't, it's rebellion against God. Right? We should do what is right to bring, uh, so they will honor us. So they will honor us. Um, He says in verse five, "So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience." Okay, here's another plus, right? Um, We do it to honor, to to receive honor, to be a witness. We also do it to because of our clear conscience. And the idea Paul uses here probably does not mean so we won't feel guilty. That's kind of how we tend to use the word. You know, if we have a clear conscience, it means I haven't done anything to make myself feel bad. But the idea is probably more proactive here. And it probably is the idea that we have a conscience that can affirm right from wrong. And again, it kind of goes back to Romans 12:2, that we, we can affirm and approve and show what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. We have to be people who the gospel has transformed our heart and mind and thinking, and we know what's right. And we have to be an example of living out and doing what's right before people. Um, and so he says, for the sake of our conscience, not only because we're afraid of getting the speeding ticket, afraid of getting you know, busted or getting in trouble, but more than that, because we are people who should live by our conscience, by the clear teaching of God about what's right and wrong. We had to be examples of that. And the gospel should produce that in our life. If we're people who realize what Christ has done for us, that he is king and that his authority is being established over the earth, And he is the one instituting government rulers. We ought to be respectful of those rules and authority. As a produce of what Christ is doing in our life. We ought to be following him. uh, Keeping a clear conscience. Knowing and doing what is right. so finally he says this. He says, basically, give to Caesar what is due Caesar. And, and in fact, there's a lot of similarities between what Paul teaches here and what Jesus taught, right? About paying taxes, about giving to Caesar what is Caesar and giving to God what is, what is God's. He says this. He says, pay your taxes for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Um, literally, the, the passage says this. It says um, it says that uh, we are paying taxes, right? Not that we should, but the better translation of that verb is that we are paying taxes. And it has the idea that um, most of us recognize that we're supposed to pay our taxes. And when we do that, we're actually proving by our, our conduct that we do recognize government authority, right? That it's a legitimate, rightful institution. And the truth is, all of us are really happy to drive on good roads, right? If you've been in a country with bad roads, you really appreciate the roads in Thailand, right? You're just there. Bad roads, right? I'm thankful for good roads. Well, how did those good roads get built? Because people pay taxes, right? That's how it works. I'm thankful that there are police officers who enforce some of the rules, right? My house gets broken. in. I'm glad that he at least comes and looks and, you know, makes me feel better, even though he'll never find the criminal, but I feel better, right? We're thankful for those services, right? We're thankful for hospitals and, and uh, government uh, social programs, right, that help. Well, how can they do those things? Well, they do those things because we pay taxes, Paul says you're paying taxes. You're affirming the role of government. So don't affirm the role of government when you drive on their nice roads, but then disapprove of it when you ignore the rules on how you use the road. He says submit to authority. Uh, Pay your taxes. Pay your customs fees. Pay your duties. Um, It's interesting I was at the, the customs office at the cargo terminal at the airport picking up a package that I had to pay duty on. And I'm sitting there. And, you know, it's not a matter of just going in and they say, okay, you owe a thousand baht, take the thousand baht and leave. No. you got to empty the you got to x-ray the box. You've got to empty the box. They have to catalog everything in the box. Then you have to negotiate them about what it's actually worth. And then they've got to look in books and charts, and they got to decide what they're going to charge you. And then you give them the money, but you're still not done. Because they have to get receipts, and they have to record it, and they need computer printouts. It took me two hours to get a package, right? And so I'm in there, and I'm trying to, you know, be honorable. I want to honor them. And I look up on the wall, and there's this great sign up there. And the sign says, basically, it's against the law to yell at or abuse a customs office <laughs> officer, right? Punishable by up to one year in prison and 8,000 baht fine, right? I'm guessing, I'm guessing these guys must get yelled at a lot. They, they need to put the law there. By the way, be nice, or I'll send you to jail. <laughs> right? um, you know, pay the fee, you know? Follow the laws, right? Uh, this does not, again, this does not mean we give them more than their fee, right? We don't give them special fees. No VIP, right? We give them what is due them, not more, um, we follow the law. Um, when you get pulled over by the police, you know, it's super tempting to just give them the 400 bot fine, no receipt, right? Because then they give you your license back right there and you don't have to go down to the police station. Don't go there, right? Uh, it's a bribe, right? You, you don't get a receipt, you paid a bribe. Okay, that's the rule, right? Ask for a receipt. If they won't give you a receipt, you know? And here's the, here's the good news. I've, I, I've used this to great success recently, uh, several times, actually. I say, look, I got stopped for speeding. Police officer says, do you want to pay the fine? I said, yeah, I'll pay the fine. Right. He goes, you really want to pay the fine? He says, yeah, I really want to pay the fine. You sure you want to pay the fine? Yeah, yeah, I want to pay the fine. I want the, I want a receipt. Oh, just go. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, I still shouldn't be driving fast, right? I should pay the fine. He's not doing his job as a servant of God punishing those who do wrong, right? Um, we need to give them respect and honor, right? We need to give them respect and honor. And here's, here's something I've observed that, that is, is something in our thinking as foreigners living in a foreign land that we need to change our thinking, right? And the, the, the thinking goes something like this, that um, that we feel we don't need to follow their laws because we're not from here, Right? And we think their laws are stupid and ridiculous. We don't understand their laws, and they don't concern us, and therefore we can live above the law. Right? When we do that, we are not giving respect and honor to the country where we live. Right? We are we are dishonoring them, and in doing that, we are being a horrible witness and testimony to them. And our arrogance and pride—we're saying we're better than you. Your stupid little country doesn't mean anything to me, and I don't have to follow its rules. Because I'm serving God. Right? I'm, I'm on a mission. I'm saving people. I'm doing something more important. Right? And we don't want to communicate that attitude. Right? It's wrong. It's a terrible witness. And it dishonors not just them, it dishonors God. Right? We're rebelling against God Himself because He put the government here in place. They are appointed and instituted by Him. And so to be in submission to Him means to be in submission to the rulers and powers that are here. No matter how much we don't understand the rules or agree with them, no matter how different it is and how it works in our home country, we're not in our home country. We're here. And we need to follow. We need to know the laws. We need to follow them. And uh, we need to be very careful about what we say is an objectionable point based on biblical truth. All right? Now, obviously, and some of you work in countries where you know, you're there preaching the gospel and it's against the law. You know, obviously, people need to hear the good news. God commanded us to do that. But be careful about where we draw those lines. Another example from my children's home ministry and involvement. I do a lot of trainings for children's homes, uh, teaching about positive discipline stuff like that. And every time, if it's a Christian home, uh, I get this question. Well, is it okay to spank our kids? And by Thai law, it's not okay. okay it is against Thai law to spank children in an institution like a school, a daycare center, uh, a children's home. Right? And I get this all the time. I get people say, yeah, but the Bible says we're supposed to. Okay. The Bible never says you're supposed to spank somebody else's children. Show me that verse, right? That you have the right or authority to spank somebody else's children. Your own children? Beat them all you want. I don't care. right? But when you're taking care of somebody else's child, you don't have authority even in Scripture to do that. Imagine, imagine, okay, you got a third grader. You move to Chiang Mai. You enroll them in school. You send your third grader to school. First day there comes back and, and you see the back of his hands are just beat red and swollen. And you go, my, my goodness, what happened to you? And, and your, your, your kid says, well, I got five words wrong on the spelling test. And so I got one smack for every, every misspelled word. Right? Tom can relate to that. That's how he learned Thai. <laughs> his Thai teacher would smack him. <laughs> right? Well, how'd you feel? Right? Would you say, well, that's okay. It's biblical, right? No, we would be outraged, wouldn't we? We would be outraged. Right? We don't have rights or authorities to make swing other people's kids. I know of a case. Um, I talked to a, a, a Thai person who's now an adult, but she grew up in a children's home. It was run by Christians. And in this home, they would take the kids and, if they were bad, they would tie their hands together and hang them from a hook in the ceiling and beat them while the other kids watched. Now clearly abuse. Right? And you would say, well, at our home we would never do that. You know, that's obviously too much. But here's the question why is it okay for you to break the law and not them? Right? See, we're we're hypocrites when we when we have these dual standards. We've got to be very careful. Now there there are times when, as Paul knows and, and would, would would affirm, there are times when we, we do go against the government, right? And we all have to wrestle with what that looks like in our own context. Right? But be careful that we don't give this blanket statement that, well, I'm serving God, and therefore I have authority over government. Okay, Paul himself would not say that, right? Paul said, look, I submit fully to Roman rule, right? Even though sometimes it costs me dearly, right? Okay? Um, we must give honor. We must give respect. Um, and the gospel demands us of us. Uh, we recognize God's authority over us and, and, and in these human uh, leaders. And it should make us humble citizens. Okay? And we don't, we, don't, we don't gloat over people that we're, we're law-abiding. You know, I follow the law. We're not arrogant about it. Okay? We're doing what everybody's supposed to do. Right? But at the same time, we don't ignore the law as if we're above it but we humbly submit to authority as a witness doing our best to give them honor. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.